D-S-N-Y. thinking about that um funny and i don't want to catch you guys off guard on the podcast so i might as well speak on it now uh the bleacher creatures you guys have the bleacher creature podcast but the real life people they have like a bone to pick with every single person that uh like takes the name and creates a blog or a podcast and through the course of my travels in the last year i've gotten to actually know them and learn like how deep the like history runs and uh, I remember being in, like, we we have a chat, and the chat is on fire now because everyone's quarantined. I'm sure you could imagine, like, a Yankee fan chat the night before um, opening day, which we all had plans for. But uh, they had, like, I guess, like, Grant or somebody uh, from the Bleacher Creatures, like, tweeted at you guys to say, like, hey, like, you guys aren't the real creatures, something like that. Yeah, and he I left a one-star this- review for us. Oh, that's ass. Uh, yeah. That sucks. I know as a podcast person, I know how that <laughs> I, I understand a tweet. It. A tweet is one thing. A rating, that's fucked up. So I have to speak to them about that. But um, I told them that I like they actually talked about it, I don't know when, a couple months ago. Maybe the season was on. Maybe it wasn't. And I was like, yo, I was actually on that, that podcast. They're, they're chill. They're, they're Yankees Twitter people. And they're like, yo, Keith, if you ever go back on there, set the record straight. And then you reached out to me last week. And I told him today, and I was like, listen, I am the bridge between the, like, online Yankee fan community and then the, like, in-person Yankee fan community. And then I was thinking about Allison, because I know you do go to games. Um, mm-hmm. I know McFly has run into you, and I know um, when this all went down, you said something along the lines of, like, you know, I sit in 203 every game. And uh, I told them, I was like, yo, they're cool. I will go on the podcast and I will play both sides. I'll represent both sides because I, they don't, these guys don't tweet. They don't understand the podcast world. They don't understand mm-hmm. the Twitter sphere. What they understand is uh, we meet up before the games, get drunk, go to 203, act crazy. And that lineage has been passed down from the old stadium, Section 39, Bald Vinny, those guys. They've made me like an honorary member. Bald Vinny came to visit me in the fan cave and I've been like, rocking with those guys um the whole last season so i think it'll be a cool little anecdote for the the podcast if it if it comes up organically where we can like you we can say like keith is an honorary member of the bleacher creatures <laughs> and he he'd like to take the floor to explain and maybe i can uh give the listeners more like i guess clarity on the uh the myth of the actual 203 bleacher creatures i mean hey you're honestly welcome to do that now if you wanted to yeah we're, we're recording oh perfect <laughs> so you good <laughs> So, yeah, I I do want to mention something real quick. okay? yeah, I just have to say, just want to get this out there, too, about the bleacher creatures. I respect them so much. I went to those games when I was a young kid, went with my family members. We used to sit up in the nosebleed seats. And every time we would go there because, you know, we would have eight or nine people and we just we needed a big group and cheap tickets. But every time we went and we saw like saw and heard roll call, I was always like, that is the coolest thing. So I've known it ever since I was a little kid. And when I went the first time, I was like, you know, by myself in like high school or something. I was like, you know what? 
I want to try and sit there. So I did. So I try and sit there every game. So I'm happy to meet up with anyone. I would love to let you guys know when I'm going to games. But I love that section. So passionate. The smartest fans in the game, to be completely honest. And let's let's be clear. They don't own the section. They don't <laughs> they they don't own every ticket in the section. What? But I think what like and I told them I was like, listen, this year going into this year, I want to do a video with you guys. I want to have you guys do some sound bites and be on a podcast because I want people to know that the bleacher creatures and roll call is not this like mythical thing. It's mm -mm. it's more like a fraternity and it's been passed down through the years and it's changed. Right. StubHub changed the game. Now anyone can get a, a ticket into 203. It's not just season ticket holders. It's not just, you know, family, friends passing their tickets. Also, the new stadium in 2009 changed the game. Like I said, it used to be Section 39, and those guys had a way different experience. Um, if you guys get a chance, and in this quarantine, you'll probably get a chance, look up the podcast Box Seat Suck. That is a podcast that will give you some real history, some real insight from the older bleacher creatures, the guys that they have kids now. They're not coming to every game anymore, but they were in it in the Yankee golden age when we were winning World Series, they were the ones in the bleachers. They were the ones that started the roll call. Ball Vinny was on um, Ultimate, um, what's it, Ultimate Road Trip when Yes Network had that show where they would go to different stadiums and it was like a reality show. And Ball Vinny was in the ESPN commercial. And like I said, he came to the fan cave when I was in there in 2014. We did an interview with him. He brought me some shirts. And then ever since then, I would pop up and see him outside of Billy's. And then this past year, I stumbled my way into La Bodega. That's another mythical place in in Yankee land. I stumbled my way into La Bodega. Um, I've been going to La Bodega for the last three seasons. But this year, I, I actually like went more because I went to 40 games this year. I quit my full-time job, and I was able to go to the stadium more than ever. So when you mm -hmm. go to the stadium, every homestand, you're going to meet security people. You're going to meet the owners of the bars. You're going to meet the bartenders. Now, like I'm in Billy's just as much as I'm in La Bodega, but in La Bodega is where I got to connect with the bleacher creatures. And I saw it's legit. Like they have pins uh, that get passed down. Like at the Christmas party, Yankee Tavern hosts the bleacher creatures Christmas party every year. Um, shout out to Tina, who's OG, obviously Vinny. Um, I might as well shout these guys out because they're going to listen. Travis, yeah. <laughs> my guy, my guy, Grant, Gabe, Rob, uh, Sean, Patches, like all these guys are the guys that you see when ESPN cuts to 203 and they're either holding the flag or they're throwing the popcorn. Like these guys actually do have a little brotherhood and a lineage that has been passed down and they have a lot of pride in it. And I think it's just a matter of like, like I said, like I'm the, I'm the bridge. I'm like, I'm with you guys at the games, but then I'm also online. So I have friends like, mm -hmm. like you guys that are Yankees Twitter and do podcasts. But then at the same time, I have friends that they're not on any podcast. They're not doing Yankees Twitter. They're just at the game. So I'm like bridging the gap and bringing two worlds together. We can all get along. You guys can still be the bleacher creatures, but just somewhat, you know, like this podcast, pay homage to it and let your listeners know like, hey, these are real people. These are real fans. It's been going on before there were ever a podcast. And we respect them and support everything they do. We're all Yankee fans. Hey, damn, I didn't think we were going to have to squash a beef when we came onto this <laughs> podcast today. I, that was, uh, I was not expecting that. I had to set the record straight, man. I'm Like I said, I'm, I'm the bridge. I'm an online guy. I have uh, like a little bit of Yankees Twitter following. But at the same time, I'm at the games. You know, people that are season ticket holders, people that go to Yankee Stadium in this last year, they saw me at least 30, 40 times. And 
Like I said, I, I'm an honorary member of the Bleacher Creatures. I sat in 203 a bunch of times when I didn't have a ticket in 203. And the experience there is, is it's not like it used to be back in the day. If you want to get a feel for what that was like, listen to the Box Seat Suck podcast. But these guys still hold it down. They're great. And uh, we have a chat called the Super Friends. And we talk baseball. We talk coronavirus. We talk when's the season going to come back. We talk about bleacher creatures and every time there's a new instagram or blog or podcast called the bleacher creatures pod or the you know creatures whatever it is and uh yeah it's it's cool i just want everybody to be uh together connected positive energy only and all rooting for the yankees i mean we're all here for the same reason right literally like the only common denominator here is that we all root for your 27 time champions the new york yankees Woo! That just got me pumped up. Now can the season start tomorrow? Like, well, that's why. That's why uh, we have Keith come on, most positive person on Yankees Twitter. Yeah, I try to be because there's enough people spewing negativity. Uh, <laughs> I know you guys see it. It's like, man, I, I I can understand that that's the culture of Twitter, but we don't need to have that in our fan base. We already get a bad rap before Twitter. Oh, Yankee fans are the worst. Oh, rooting for the Yankees is like rooting for the house to win. No, there's some good people in Yankees Twitter. There's some solid people, some positive people. And I'm one of the people that are like, I'm always just trying to be nice to people, be inclusive, connect people, share people's tweets. Like, I'm just not, I'm not in it for the popularity contest. I'm not in it for the high school shit that goes on. I'm not in it for the name calling and the degrading or the trolling. Like, I'm a grown man, dog. I don't need to do all that. <laughs> now, okay, well, you, I know you, you talked covered about some of that stuff we're going to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, let's get gonna, into it. Yeah, I was going to ask first real quick. Have you ever been on Yankees Facebook? Because that's a thing, too. Oof. Oh, I was in and out of that. Uh, there, So you're talking about like Facebook groups. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I got so like, you know, when you I, I'm, I'm trying to think of what the name of it was. There's so many of them, but there's like the there's like maybe three popular ones. And when you join the group or you get accepted, then you get notifications uh, every time someone posts and I think I did it for maybe a week and like that is a whole nother beast that I don't <laughs> want to get into because it's not structured like Twitter where like, you know, it's it's like a post and then there's just the comment section, which is like, don't read the comments, the worst peanut gallery ever. You just don't want to be in that. In Twitter, you can kind of mute people, you can block people, you can curate your feed to have your favorite Yankees Twitter personalities, your favorite Yankees reporters, your favorite Yankee players. Yankees Facebook is a whole nother world that, like, I don't know, I, I, couldn't, ex I couldn't exist there. My positivity wasn't going to last long in Yankees nope. <laughs> Facebook. Yeah, that, that tracks with pretty much what we've seen. Uh, we have a Yankees Facebook character now, we call him Bob, and it's just every worst take there is on Yankees Twitter, like Gary Sanchez sucks, John Carlos Stanton should return his money. Like, that's Facebook Bob. That's yeah. all he posts all day, Typical every day. Facebook Bob. I'm just like, like an actual Yankee fan. Like, I root for our players. I like all of our players. That's crazy. And I have, who, who would do that? <laughs> like, <laughs> I have no malice or anything really to say against our players. Now, don't get me wrong. I've been, been critical of John Carlos Stanton, but I would never wish anything bad on him. I would never even say that he's like not worth his contract. I just think the guy needs to play more, um, which hopefully he will in this next coming season, whatever it is. But no, I'm not one of those guys. Like there are some Gary Sanchez haters that I don't understand. Gary Sanchez is a freak. Gary Sanchez is 
uh, just at his pace that he's come into the league, a Hall of Fame catcher. So I don't see why there's so much hate for guys like Gary. Austin Romine is no longer with us, so they can't call for him to take Gary's spot. Who else gets hated on? Even Judge gets some hate that I don't understand. Judge came in at a time when we needed a guy, and you know he blew up the whole baseball world. He took on that face of baseball uh, role. He was MVP, should have been MVP, rookie of the year, all rise. Like I don't know. I just see a lot of people hate on our players, and I'm like, do you understand what it takes to be an Aaron Judge, a Gary Sanchez, a John Carlos Stan? Like these guys are ridiculous. Right. Yeah, I mean, we talk about it all the time in uh, in the off season when that post of John Carlos Stanton doing push-ups, uh, he was bench pressing Adriana Lima, and everyone was getting on him like, "Oh, why don't you go do some yoga and maybe you'll stay healthy?" I was like, "All right, well, first of all, yoga doesn't make good Instagram content, and second of all, like this guy is an elite athlete with the best training staff that money can buy. Like these guys are are elite at keeping elite athletes healthy. So I think." that they might know what to do a little better than someone who has to call out of work the day after a Thanksgiving football game. Yeah, Adriana Lima might weigh 100 pounds, max. And Giancarlo Stan, I would guess, benches over 300 pounds. So Yeah, pretty pretty strong guy. I don't know. If pretty that, pretty low there, risk yeah. um, doing that for a video that, to go viral. And yeah, I don't know where a lot of our fans get, get off thinking they know things that these professionals don't. But that's what happens when you get behind a computer or behind a phone. You can just send your opinions out and your thoughts out without any real repercussions. And that is the Yankees fan base online. Uh, back in the day, it was really just critiques of how our fans were in the stadium, how our fans were in, in person when people would go to Yankee Stadium. Now you get a, a wide representation online, which isn't uh, all of us, but it, it makes up a vast majority. I got to tell you, though, I'm a big proponent of yoga, and I strongly believe, I don't know if this is true, so if someone could find this out for me, I would really appreciate it. I'm positive that Brett Gardner does a lot of yoga during the offseason because no content ever gets released. I know he doesn't have social media and stuff, but that guy just really doesn't get hurt. The only time he goes out is when he breaks his wrist. Man, one of the first things I said last year when we were getting hurt was, are these guys stretching? Are they doing yoga? Because there's a lot yeah. of injury, a lot of groins, a lot of calves, a lot of, yeah. you know, injury, like pectoral stuff. Guardy now Guardy is what, 36? Um, <laughs> he has definitely, he, he's just a tough as nails guy. He definitely has some secrets that he doesn't share with the world because he's not on social media. We can't track his every move. We don't get to see a produced video cut of his workouts i would bet that he definitely does yoga as fast as he is and as fast mm -hmm. as he's been all of these years like you don't run like that and not pull something unless you're stretching unless you're doing some type of yoga or some type of routine to stay limber and, and he's getting up there in age um he's one of those guys that, that i never worry about you got to pry him off the field he's going to be out there whether it's in center whether it's left uh wherever you put him in the lineup he's ready to go i, I love brett garner my man not as much as me though let's no, hold, you hold you we are the top. You are the top. You are yeah, the top. We, we just Brett have to Gardner settle the record fan. on this really quick. Uh, <laughs> we've been we've been trying to make sure that everybody knows that Brett Gardner's stalker was not Allison. It's not. It was not me. <laughs> that she got a lot of hate for it. That lady was weird. I checked out some of her tweets and um, 
Yeah, I don't know what that was about. We know it wasn't you. We definitely knew it wasn't you. Oh, thank God. Okay, good. Someone actually, you know, my DMs, my mentions just went insane. And people like, oh, is that you? And I was like, you know, it's not me. But just for the anything, I would expect you to hunt down this lady that was like (laughs) the way she was talking about Brett Gardner. She was trying to like get money and he had to uh, put out a restraining order like. She seemed kind of like takes psycho. Nobody advantage of Brett Gardner. Nobody does yeah, that. Yeah, I'd it's expect you to have Gardy's back. I wouldn't expect you to be going after Gardy the way this lady was. I do yoga too, and I'm pretty fast as well. I could chase her <laughs> down, for sure. All right, well, let's, let's refocus on some baseball that we don't really have much to talk about. But we have one thing that we were thinking about today. What are we going to – what is the season going to look like when we finally get around to it? Let's say – july the season comes back like what are we like what are we gonna do how are we gonna play the games i don't know man i'm uh i'm in a weird state with all of this i don't, I don't know if you guys got a chance to glance at the jeff Passan article i looked at it a little bit today and i just didn't like like just the thought of where it was going so as of tomorrow we're on the clock against 162 games in my opinion once that first game is erased off the calendar start counting back. It's not going to be 162 games. I know they're saying that, okay, maybe we miss a month and we add that month on to the end of the season, but logistically, it's not going to work. Um, there's too many moving parts. The, uh, the idea of playing in neutral sites doesn't exactly work for me. Someone that, like I said, has gone to a lot of games I understand the atmosphere in the Bronx. I understand what true home field advantage can look like for a team like the Yankees. And I know that the hardest place in Major League Baseball to play is 161st Street. So, you know, playing in Marlins Park or playing in Petco Park or wherever it might be. um, I mean, I, I still like have faith in the Yankees. But like when we're talking about this, this shortened season, I would still I wouldn't want want the season to be shortened. Um or I wouldn't want the season to be a shortened season where we tack on at the end and we lose October in the Bronx. So I don't know. I, I really think, too, and I, and I don't want to talk much about the coronavirus, but I, I, I think there's a lot that we still have in store with all of this. I think this is the first quarter. We're in the very beginning of all of this. And uh, I know people have this, I don't want to say false hope, but this hope that it's going to be a quick turnaround and, and I think uh, President Trump put out there that Easter, like we'd be out of this by Easter, which I just don't see how that's mathematically possible, uh, physically possible. And when you think about the start of the MLB season with fans, without fans, neutral sites, whatever it is, if I had to put like if I had to put a number on it, I would say we're going to do an 81 game season, just cut this thing in half and um, start in in. July around the all-star break and uh I don't know it's, it's tough for me to think about because just like you guys like my life and my my career and my existence it revolves around the Yankees Major League Baseball this sport these games where they're played when they're played and uh since 2009 I can't stop thinking about getting another World Series ring so all of this impacts that um what are you guys thinking about this upcoming season and you know how it's going to be played out how many games where it's going to be played what are your thoughts on that 
See, I was thinking along the same lines um, in terms of just timing of the season. Obviously, they're not going to get 162 games in. The idea of expanding the season kind of out of October and doing that neutral site, I read the article when it was first kind of proposed, absolutely despised it. Um, Because the past couple of weeks, I've actually been um, kind of going through my, my queue of different Yankees games. So you know, watching games from when I was younger, where maybe I watched, you know, and knew the highlights, but didn't really know the entire game, watching the game in its entirety, seeing how Yankee Stadium just explodes, like it is amazing. Um, I just watched the 2001 uh, World Series game four, um, the Mr. November game. And that game was just phenomenal to watch top to bottom. And I was like, this is what I want to see. And if you're thinking about that, how different would that be if it was in Marlins Park? You know, it it really makes a huge difference. <laughs> no, I've been to Marlins <laughs> Park. It's not even big enough. The Yan- Yankee fans alone could sell that place out. Exactly. And yeah, I, I absolutely have no doubt that the Yankee faithful, they're all over. They're all over. They're going to be able to go to every single game. But the true blood Yankees fans that go to every single home game or attempt to go to every single home game are not going to get an opportunity to go watch them in the playoffs. If it's down in Miami, like it's going to be incredibly difficult. Um, I don't want to say that it's only going to be half a season because that just pisses me off. Um, I guess the idea with that is I've seen far too many times where some team let's go with the Yankees, for example, sucky first half of um say the 2020 season come back the second half of the season just exploding with momentum moving forward going and carrying that momentum into the playoffs if that changes there's just you could have a sucky first half first half and you're done there's really no opportunity to claw back really the first month of the season you can almost predict what's going to happen for the playoffs that's where i'm sad and that's why i don't like it yeah, we wouldn't have gotten the Washington Nationals team of destiny last year with half a season. Right, right exactly. There's so many teams that have used that formula. I mean, not necessarily uh, intentionally, but things happen, injuries happen, and then the key part is that second half of the season because even if you're in first place, you've got those teams surging up from behind too. And if you cut out an entire half of the season, it really changes the way you're going to play every game. Because you're going to use the bullpen differently. You are not going to try and stress out your closer. You are going to, you know, not get as much of an opportunity to maybe test out your rotation. There's so many different factors that lead into it that really could make it just ugly to watch. Yeah, I think if I'm at the point where I'm so pessimistic, if we get half a season, if we get 81 games, I'm like, at least we got half. Like, at least we're playing these games. Obviously, I want as many as possible, but I read uh, an article on The Athletic from Rosenthal and Jason Stark. It was like they were coming up with all these weird ways to try to squeeze these games in before the playoffs. And you're talking about doing like seven inning double headers that are scheduled. And that's like I, I don't I don't like that because <laughs> it's, it's just it's not ba- it's, it's not baseball as we know it. And it sucks because, I mean, this isn't life as we know it. Uh, everything's going to change. And the the brand of baseball that we're going to get this year, if we get any baseball, it's not going to be what we're used to. I don't know if that's going to work better for us. As much as I, I do want the next World Series, I can't imagine a World Series run with no moments 
like in the Bronx leading up to the World Series and no World Series in the Bronx, like every World Series and all of these Yankee classic moments and things we watch, we have old Yankee Stadium, new Yankee Stadium, these these moments that happen in the Bronx. Uh, neutral site is like trying to make it like the College World Series. It's it's like hella janky. Like I, in my mind, I'm just like it's like a ripoff. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't know the business side of it either. If they're doing it without fans. Where's the revenue coming from? TV deals. Now, when we talk about a TV deal and we start pushing back into November, you have NBA to compete with, which will be starting back up. Whether they come back this year and play through the summer, they're still going to start um, in October, November when they're when they're there. And then you have the NFL, which really starts to get good in October, November, um, too. So I don't know. There's, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of logistics and a lot of moving parts for them to figure out. And I think with this virus, we're going to see that, you know, one week, it could be March 25th, and they say, okay, we're we're good to start on the 15th of next month. And then something happens on the 5th of the next month that pushes that back or changes that date or someone else gets the virus or someone was uh, in contact with someone that had the virus, and then it changes the plans. This is still ever-growing and ever-changing. We're seeing – the numbers and the totals of people that have the coronavirus grow every day. Um, even now that people are supposed to be social distancing and quarantine, we're still seeing the numbers are going up. So that doesn't lead me to believe that this gets figured out sooner rather than later. Now yeah, in that quarantine life right now. What a joy. <laughs> yeah, we all are. We're all in this together. It is a human sacrifice. It is a, now, another common de- denominator, we're all Yankee fans, we're all in the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're all beat tomorrow, but <laughs> I mean, day, I, yeah, I work in the senior care industry. So for me, it's so oh, different, man. you know, because yeah. if I'm feeling sick at all, you know, there's no way I can go visit. I can, you know, but they're in, they're in a time of turmoil too. And it's just, it's tough on everyone right now. And um, we kind of heard that they're thinking that these next couple of weeks are going to be the toughest, but it's not going to get a whole lot easier, but it's going to get slightly easier. It's it's going to be a long process. Um, I think we just have to be realistic about that. And as much as we want baseball back, you know, this is about humanity and that's important <laughs> too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, like when you said that, I'm like, it, it's you have a different perspective than most young people or most people in general have because you're around people that this virus could take out. I mean, it's mm-hmm. taken out some people that are younger than senior citizens. Um, but it, it's it's super real for, for older people that know that if they get this, like there's no coming back from it, most likely. Uh, it's real and people are dying. And uh, it's, it's an unfortunate thing. It's something nobody really saw coming, but like the way to deal with it is for all of us to deal with it. And the hope is that us taking these measures and doing these things and, you know, hashtag stay home or stay at home, whatever it is, um, gets us out of it quicker. Pretty, pretty small sacrifice to put baseball on the back burner for a little while. Yeah, it sucks, but it is what it is. And it's like, like I said, it's a human sacrifice. Everybody's sacrificing some something. Everybody had plans. I was going to get in the car um, with my friend Joey and his boys, and we were going to drive down to Baltimore in the morning. Um so much for that. I mean, we we knew that was over. I want to say March 10th was the day. And I keep telling everybody that I'm like, March 10th, that Tuesday, I went to John Boyd Media headquarters. 
I had the conversation with, with Joey, the owner of Billy's, and we had to cancel our like launch party, which we had been planning for weeks. Yeah. And think about think about Jimmy. Think about John Boy. He, his his literal dream. You know, he started in his mom's house building a podcast, building uh, talking Yanks, and it's got him to the point where he can open up an office outside of Yankee Stadium, and now. There is no opening of Yankee Stadium right now. There is no season right now. Like he he's not allowed none of us are allowed in the office right now cuz it's not an essential business. All of that's on hold. So that's what I'm saying like everyone has something they sacrifice. Everyone has some plans that have been like washed away and we're all just trying to figure it out and do what we can do to to get back to normal or the next new normal, normal as we'll know it um soon as possible. Well, you actually did just bring up the next thing we wanted to talk to you about, which is starting at John Boy Media. Yeah, yeah, it's a blessing. Uh, I watched John Boy. I actually went back and listened to um, August 9th, episode 23, when I was on this podcast. And I said on there, Yankees Twitter, you know, I know Allison is OG Yankees Twitter. John Boy has been on there since, uh, yeah, no, you are, you are, you're OG. Like, the thing is, some people... People don't realize like some of these some of these Yankees Twitter people emerged like with the baby bombers. There's like the baby bombers of Yankees Twitter. Then there's other people that like we've been on here for like more than five years. Like you have to have been on like 2015, 2016 before before Gary Sanchez and and Judge and like because that's when that explosion came and everybody was a Yankee fan again, which, you know, you come on in. You guys are welcome, but respect the OGs. So like John boy, I remember when he came up and he basically said on Twitter, I'm quitting my full-time job and I'm going to cover the Yankees. I love baseball. This is what I love to do. You know, I hope you guys come along for the ride. And I supported it because I'm just like, Oh, cool. More Yankee stuff. Like dope. You know, I've been watching this guy make videos and, and, and tweet the games and, you know, just getting to know him on Twitter and fast forward three years later, it's where it's at now. And you had things like savages in the box happen last year. You had the Astros cheating scandal, which he was on. I actually was at his apartment the week that he made that video. And I like this is before I knew I would work with him. I just was like kind of like, yo, welcome to New York. Like, let's get lunch. Like, glad you're in the area type of thing. And uh, the amount of emails and calls this dude was getting and it wasn't just like it was national media. It was Houston radio stations. Mm-hmm. It was everyone that was just like, I'm like, bro, you are literally going to be in a movie. I'm like, yeah. maybe you'll maybe you'll make the movie. But I'm like, you're changing the history of baseball right now or helping it. I'm like, you have a major cog in this that you took that Ken Rosenthal athletic article and put the video out there for people to see how these guys were cheating. And, you know, at that time, um, I, I did start doing Talking Nets, the Nets podcast under John Boy Media, but John Boy wasn't sure where things were going exactly, and I didn't know if I was going to actually like have a position with the company, but I'm blessed to say that like I'm working with, for, with John Boy for John Boy. I talk to John Boy every day, and all of us are like creating and working through this and trying to just figure it out, and uh, you know, Talking Yanks is great. I don't know if you guys listen to Talking Baseball, but Talking Baseball is taking off on a national yeah, level now. And, uh, you know, John Boy Media is prepared for it because Jimmy is smart. People don't realize how smart that dude is. He took his videography skills, shooting, editing. Um, he was working in the wedding industry. 
he took everything that he learned over there and he said, no, I'm going to apply this to what I love to do, which is cover baseball and push hard into it. He lived off of like, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars a week and figured it out and things took and good things come to people like that. I kind of have a similar story. I was working corporate and I quit my job at Rock Nation in 2018 because I saw where all of this was going with podcasts, with videos, with content. And I'm just like, I, you know, I'm a Yankee fan. I was in the fan cave. I, I like doing this stuff, too. Why don't I try that? And it all kind of took. So, you know, bringing uh, my talents to John Boy Media and working with Jake and Joe's McFly and even some of the younger guys like BBD, um, Kyle NYY on Twitter. We brought him in and he's been great. I just think that we have such a great team, even without the season right now, like, like I said, Jimmy's smart. He has a plan. He has John Boy and Jake Radio. He has Last from the Past. He's got Six Pack Cinema. He's got other things in motion that weren't just dependent on, you know, 162 games being played. So we're kind of just working on other things like that. And uh, it's it's coming together. People are still checking for us. Um, I'm, I'm blessed and thankful that, like, you know, we're in a pandemic and people are losing their jobs. And my job is to uh, come up with content ideas manage social media edit videos and create with john boy so i guess this question i've been holding on to since you first mentioned it we've always talked about if there was a movie you know who would play john boy but you would be in the movie now too who would play you (laughs) uh who would play me in the john boy movie it would probably be actually it would be sooner rather than later but i don't know if it was down the road um I actually thought about this in the office. We were talking about it because I, I jokingly said to John Boy, I'm like, if if someone else makes the movie, they're going to make you look like Cartman in his mom's basement, like <laughs> eating, eating pizza rolls and like looking up MLB clips and making videos and tw- and tweeting. And then uh, someone was like, nah, he's going to he's going to get like Zac Efron to to play him. And he's going to be like buff and jacked. And I was like, well, Zac, Zac Efron's going to be too old. Like they're like the same age. If I had to have someone to play me in like five years or ten years, uh, it would be the kid from uh, from Blackish, the little the little black kid from Blackish. I can't think of his name. We had this conversation recently, but he's a good actor. Uh, he's got some swag to him. I would love to have that kid represent me, and my role would be very small, but I'd be in in John Boy's like entourage or crew. Look at that. Who do you See, have you playing John knew Boy? The answer. <laughs> I don't know. It's like you got to think about you got to think about like like what actors are child actors now, what actors are like 15 now. And then like in 10 years, they'll be like 25 and can play like a, a, a young 30. I don't know. It's tough. I think what I think is that John Boy will um, have some either creative direction or some control when that movie happens or that 30 for 30 happens that uh we'll make sure we have the right people in there but you know john boy he makes fun of himself he calls himself short and gray he said he's like oh we just need like a a short a short uh white guy with with gray hair to play me we'll see man it's crazy to even it's crazy to even like think about that it's crazy to even think about you know like real life stuff baseball history and baseball and then like that becoming a story that people are going to want to see for the rest of time like it blows my mind I'm, I'm such a baseball fan and a sports fan if you couldn't tell from my wall and all the stuff I have like no. I've grown I've grown up like watching every sport and knowing the history and learning the history and and to be um you know in it 
like I'm in it now and think about when I'm older, like when I have kids and they're going to be like, oh, so the Astros cheated? Like, yeah, sit down. Let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you a story of the 2019 to 2020 offseason. I have such I a hard time with that. People always like <laughs> my general friends. They're like, wait, so what's really going on with this Astros thing? And I don't even I don't even talk about it anymore. I'm just listen. You don't want to have this conversation with me. It's going to last about three hours and you're not going to understand any of it. Like I was I was too deep in this shit. Like Bro. I can't explain this in two minutes. When I think about it, I literally picture myself like looking like Charlie Day when he's like pointing at this the <laughs> whatever the cork board and he's like because that's how I described it to my grandma and she's like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like crime scene of investigation. It's it's like FBI's type stuff. Like like we cracked that's this code and and people were on to them and. For me with the Astros, uh, I've always hated the Astros before this. I want to say I really started to not like them when we lost to them in 2015 in the wild card game, and I went to that oh, game. Oh, fuck Dallas Keuchel. I was at that yeah, game, too. Yeah, he shoved, and that was the end of, like, A-Rod and Teixeira and Beltran and Brian McCann and some of those older guys. Um, but I just kind of started hating them then, and I always knew there was something up. The way these guys would look in the camera and I'm just like you'd never seen a baseball team this cocky you'd never seen a baseball team this arrogant and sometimes when you see someone that's too braggadocious or pumping their chest out it's because they're hiding in plain sight like they know that like something is up and in baseball there were whispers people knew and when this all came out like we knew that they were stealing signs there was always something going on but then when this came out that they were using cameras I remember just being so like dejected because I was also in the Bronx in 2017 and mm -hmm. we all loved that magical carpet ride we went on with that 2017 team that we thought was going to go to the World Series and face the Dodgers and to think that like that was taken away from us because these guys were literally stealing signs and relaying them um with cameras with technology like ruined the integrity of the game um compromised you know how anyone can watch the game i don't know it, it's something that for me i'm over now but when it first all started breaking out i remember i was in the car and michael k was describing it and i'm like you gotta be shitting me like these i'm like like the audacity of these guys to even think that they can like and then they just kept it going then we had the whole off season of altuve at fan fest you'll see we're going to be right back in the world series Bro, shut up. Then you get Correa at spring training telling Co Cody Bellinger to shut his mouth. And I'm like, these guys are doubling down on this. I'm like, they're the worst franchising team of all time. Not to Dude, mention worst PR. Worst not PR. to mention exactly. Not to mention their PR team that didn't know how to handle their assistant GM who was disrespecting a female reporter in the um locker room, basically offending uh Marcelo Zuna, who is like we know he has a domestic violence charge. Like, why would you be defending that guy? Uh, they just did so many things wrong. I'm like, what goes on in Houston? Like, they need to hire some New York PR people to go down there. They're scum. Um, but, hey, they got their, their punishment. They actually got saved by this delay. And uh, we'll see how they play. We, we'll see how they, they turn out. People aren't going to forget. No, I, I, tweeted out, I tweeted out yesterday. I was like, all right, since, you know, we're all quarantined, we're all in this together, like, should we invite Astros, Twitter, like, you know, make, maybe make a truce? I'm just too positive, too nice of a guy. I'm like, maybe we make a truce with Astro, Astros, Twitter on opening day. We do opening day online, and we, you know, we have some conversations with them, and 
it was a resounding no from everyone that replied. <laughs> yeah. Even a couple, couple people that DM me. Some people took it to heart. Some dude got at me like, yo, don't don't you dare. And I'm like, oh, hope, my bad. I thought this was a human thing. Mm-hmm. I thought we could forgive them. And mm-hmm. everyone was like, no, they're done forever. What they did. And then I came back around to it. It was like, yeah, fuck the Astros forever. What they did was criminal. I mean, I dealt with Astros Twitter for quite some time. Not Ooh, intentionally. You didn't like that. And it was not a good experience. So during the postseason, I like to uh, ask some of my followers, like, you know, give me someone to follow from teams left in the postseason. I want to get kind of infiltrate, you know, a little bit more of the the different Twitter teams. And by far the best one was the Cleveland Indians. Um, I joined kind of Indians Twitter and I made a bunch of friends there and stuff like that. But this year I it was the Dodgers and the Astros. And I was like, OK, I kind of want to start following a little bit, you know, maybe, you know, smooth things over a little. And uh, I did. But the Astros people were just arrogant and rude and they would send me rude things. They sent me some like death threats, told me to go kill myself, you know, yeah. really nasty things. And um I, I admit after after what was it game six they lost in game six um, after that loss I was just dejected like oh my god but I was watching AJ Hinch being interviewed and he was just an arrogant asshole so I said is it just me or is he being an arrogant asshole and everyone from Astros Twitter just jumped down my throat and then this whole you know thing came out that basically he's like yeah I, we didn't do anything and then it turns out they did and I said hmm this is interesting and then you know they all disappeared so I don't like them um I can smug. Handle a lot of smug is people. smug is the word to use for AJ Hinch mm-hmm. everything that came from that dude until he got caught was just smug and like nose in the air we're the best we're better than you we're more advanced than you we've got better analytics we've got better resources we've got the best pitching in baseball and the best hitting in baseball he he that uh, at the end of the year he did a speech when they clinched or they were going and he basically was talking about we've got uh Jordan who's going to be rookie of the year we've got two guys that are possible Cy Young winners Verlander and Cole and we've got a potential MVP in Alex Bregman you know, now we got to go, you know, like go out there and prove something. I'm just like, yo, shut up, dude. And I wish at the time I knew they were cheating. But now that we know that they were cheating, like that's why they carried themselves like that. They had to hide in plain sight. They had to play it up. They had to have it was almost like WWE it was like, like, yeah, we know this is fake, but we're going to go and we're going to go so hard to make you believe that this is real. And their fans are the worst. Don't get me started on fans. It's just mute and block some of the stuff that. Like I was catching, I really only caught heat because I don't interact with them during the during the games. Like I remember, I put out this like freestyle, just like rap. Like one night in the middle of the night, I had a couple like rhymes about the Astros because I hate them. I think about them a lot, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna make a rap like a not like a diss, but just like a hype up rap. And then I had a couple Astros fans like get at me for that, and I just I don't even respond. Positive energy only. But then when the buzzer stuff came out, uh, John Boy was tweeting about the buzzer stuff and I was just stirring the pot from my account. I was going back and I had not watched the confetti fall after game six. As soon as that ball hit off the wall in Minute Maid Park, I, I turned the TV off. I, I don't even know. I like blacked out. 
I really couldn't imagine the season ending the way that it ended with DJ's home run and we're right. still alive. We're still doing it. We're, we're not done. And then Altuve. Uh, but when the buzzer stuff happened, I put out a bunch of videos. I went to YouTube. I got Josh Reddick with the confetti on him and I was just stirring that pot. I got Altuve with the no, 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 don't don't take off my shirt. And I put that out there and their fans were like, I don't know, just some of the stuff that comes out of these people's like tweets um, makes me wonder what goes on in Texas. And I wasn't surprised. Every time someone said something stupid, I, I would just click on their page and it would say Houston, Texas or some part of Texas and Astros fan. Mm-hmm. Um, James, what was it that AJ Hinch said after? Oh, I think it was like game four. Yeah. Um, or about the whistling. Two. Yeah. Yeah. We were just like, I don't know if we knew that whistling would bother them. We would have practiced it in spring training. Like, like that's it was just, comments like that. And my mother and I were that. like, like I'll my mom fight would you. Call me. I'll really fight you. Yeah. <laughs> like you like you're cheating. You're stealing signs. And that is why people are making these comments. That is why people are saying things. That's why there are whispers everywhere you go. And then you're going to get on the mic in the ALCS and then kind of like spit at us about it. Like, nah, I don't know. I hope that guy never gets a job in baseball. I don't think the, punish, the, the punishment was harsh enough. I think the penalty that these guys got clearly didn't really affect them by the way they held their press conference in the beginning of spring training. I don't know. I think the coronavirus helps them because it will die down some. Um, whenever we do start playing, people aren't going to necessarily be so hyped up on, oh, it's not going to be the angry mob anymore. It's not going to be everybody at once after the Astros. Some of those, we'll whip it back up. We'll, oh, whip, we'll, it back we'll up whip it that. up. If they still keep the Astros um, September at the end of this next season, it's supposed to be the final homestand and the Astros come to the Bronx. We'll be primed for that. But I know like Pantone, if you guys are familiar with Pantone, um, the, the L.A. Dodgers crew, like they rolled deep. In 2016, they came to Yankee Stadium. and i never seen a, another team take, take over Yankee Stadium like that. I always talk about it. They were planning on going to Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Um, for the opener because yeah, the Astros playing the Angels and they've supposedly bought out hundreds of tickets. Now that's done. Like, you know, now they don't have a chance to do that. Oh, man. We're Such just a in a sad, situation. bad place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's tough, but I don't know. We just got to look at bigger picture. Um, like you said, humanity and, uh, you know, there are things outside of baseball. I know between like the three of us, really not much else, but um, we'll get back to playing games and competing and pursuing the 28 championship whenever it happens. I also want to give a quick shout out. You mentioned the 2015 uh, wild card game with Dallas Keuchel. I was, in fact, sitting in the bleachers for that game. So shout out to the real bleacher creatures. Yeah, I hope that I hope that rebuilds the bridge i was in 204 and i couldn't i I couldn't get a ticket in 203 203 was either sold out or too pricey i think i paid like 100 bucks for a ticket in 204 which was worth it because when kobe rasmus hit that home run the ball landed in 204 it bounced it skipped up and it got to my row my row i dove landed on it got the ball and i threw it back right over carlos beltran's head it was great (laughs) nice nice Oh, man. I know I was trying to put together um, a couple months ago, you know, which games I was going to go to, what weekends I was going to take off and, you know, travel down. Um, But unfortunately, that's 
changed quite a lot, but I'll definitely get to a few games this year. And, um, you know, just all depends on when the season starts. So fingers crossed. Yeah, I, I know that there's a lot of smart people, a lot of rich people, a lot of people with power that they're not going to let the season just slip away. As soon as uh, we're allowed to actually have the games, we'll have it. And when you come to the Bronx, hit me up. Uh, John Boy Media is literally a 10-minute walk from the stadium. Uh, I said that I went to almost 40 games last year, and it's funny. You take it for granted. I was telling people I'm going to go to 50 games this year. Well, the way it's looking, I don't know if I'm going to get that many opportunities. But you know, 50 um, games is about to be season tickets. Yeah, the season ticket holders might get 50 games. And uh, I don't know. I know one thing. We'll all appreciate it. Like, the first time we're standing in there and we hear the Star Spangled Banner and, like, we're, we're breathing it in again and we hear the sounds and the intros, a lot of us probably be in tears. <laughs> I know I'll probably be like, let's go! <laughs> um, yeah, that'll, that'll be one hell of a welcome back, but... Um, I do have a question. I know, obviously, you guys are doing a lot of content over there at John Boy Media, um, you know, still doing some stuff, even though there's no sports going on. What sort of content are you guys playing? Like, what sort of content can we expect from you guys when the season does start? What are you thinking? Well, I mean, we already had plans. And like, that's the thing that sucks. We want to have like all encompassing content and coverage. Mm -hmm. So I was supposed to be in Montreal. Um, the Yankees were playing the Blue Jays in Olympic Park this past Monday and Tuesday to um, end spring training. And I was going to cover whatever I could cover from there and kind of do, you know, just like kind of get people excited for when the games were going to start. I was also supposed to be in Baltimore where it was like, okay, we'll have Keith stationed at the game. John Boy, John Boy is not leaving his computer. You know, like when we talk about like, the online fans like John Boy is someone that emerged online. He emerged through what he did on the computer. He went to three games last year. <laughs> like John Boy's not at the stadium. He's the most popular Yankees fan, but he's not at Yankee Stadium. So John Boy, even even now, like the office is, is so close to Yankee Stadium just in case he does go to a game and something happens because last year he went to some games and things happened and it was like panic attack i need to get to my computer make a gif make a video uh now i think what we're what we're really trying to do when the games start and even now we just want to we want to keep morale up we want to we want to joke we want to laugh we want to be funny we want to be lighthearted. we still want to be insightful um john boy was on wfan and and maggie and uh moose said something about you know john boy media and all the guys they said you guys you guys sound like fans, but you sound like very like enlightened fans, very smart fans. It's like your conversation is banter between friends, but like we can tell all of you guys know your stuff. So like that's what we want. We want we want to be the voice of the fan, but we want people to respect that like we're we're really in it. We're you know, we're real fans. We watch the games, we know the players, we know what's going on. And when the season does start up, we're just gonna have full around coverage. Like one idea I had was like before we do games, like they do the Talking Yanks pregame show, we just have different check-ins. So, like, John Boy check-in from the office. Joe's McFly could check-in from batting practice. Jake can check-in from Billy's. I'll be at La Bodega with the Bleacher Creatures. And it's just, like, quick little videos. Hey, Yankees play the Orioles at 105. It's 10 o'clock in Yankee land. Let's see where everybody's at. And it just kind of, like, I don't know, brings people in and um, gives people access that they don't usually get. And one of the biggest things that we all want to do is – just reach as many people as possible because we know how big 
um, the Yankees are, and we know how much it means to people that DM us and reach out to us from anywhere in the country, whether it's California, Florida, New Mexico. I've talked to people from all over that are like, you guys literally give me access to the Yankees that like, you know, their parents didn't have that growing up in Florida. They just could get what they could get on TV. Now, if you're a Yankee fan and you're not in Yankee Stadium, you don't have to be at Yankee Stadium every game. You have Keith, you have Joe's McFly, you have other people in the in the Yankees universe that are literally there all the time and can be your window into, I don't know, your favorite team. Yeah, honestly, that's that's what I think about, you know, when I first started watching John Boy's videos, the breakdowns especially. Um, one of my all-time favorite was the uh, Tyler Austin um, brawl with Joe Kelly. That was one of my favorite <laughs> videos of all time. And I saw it and I was like, Dad, you got to see this. And I showed him, he goes, oh, okay. And I'm like, it's funny. It's good, you know, but he's not used to that type of thing and right. it really engages fans and it makes them feel like they're a part of the team. They get to know the players, the personalities, the other fans, people are going to games just to meet up with people that, you know, they've chatted with online that know the game as well. It's really helps create such a great community. And, um, I've always thought that other favorite video, the freaking Austin Romine, Miguel Cabrera brawl. That one was great. <laughs> That was David one Robinson of the, that was in 2017, and that was one of the first John Boy breakdowns that I won't say it put him on the map, but that was a video that like everyone in the baseball world saw because that's what bring pe brings people in. And like I said, Jimmy Smart, he understands like, yo, if there's a brawl, not just in Yankee Land, any team like gotta cover it, gotta be the first to break it down. And um, you know, he's made a brand off of comma a breakdown and. I've given him credit because a couple um, months ago I saw ESPN. I think they were playing like a Dominican League brawl. And I'm like, since when does ESPN cover Dominican League baseball? And that's all the baseball coverage that's on SportsCenter. I'm like, oh, that's a John Boy effect. That's literally them taking a page out of John Boy's book. Oh, man, is that your cat? Yeah. Every episode, every single one, the cat appears. Pretty big cat, it looks like. Or maybe it's just close to the camera. <laughs> Exotic not, looking. I mean, she's kind of long, sure. Her name is Tori after Joe Tori. Um, so we try and name our all of our cats after Yankees players. So, you know. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Your cat just dis distracted me. I was like, oh, look, <laughs> yeah. look at that. She Exotic always does. Cat. She's a little Every late, week. though. Every week. I've been watching it's usually Tiger 20 King. minutes in. <laughs> yeah, she's coming back. Here she is. Oh, okay. Hey, come here. Come here. Well, yeah, John what? Boy's still doing his breakdowns. Um, you know, that's one thing that we don't need live games for. He's been he's been going back into the archives. He's been going into the files. He did a breakdown last week that was great. It was like 2010 Reds versus Cardinals. And he did the research on it to see that, like, Brandon Phillips had been talking trash about the Cardinals in the media the week before. And that led up to the brawl. People eat it up. People love it. Uh, you know, I've. I've been a fan of John Boy the last couple of years, and now just in this last couple months, being able to be on the inside and work and see what we're doing, what he's doing, and where things are going, it's it's a great time. Even if the games aren't being played, it could be a greater time. It should be a better time, but uh, we're gonna make the most out of it. Positive energy, glass half full, like you know, just be blessed and thankful that we're all doing this. We all were doing something different. Like Jake, I think was like he worked. Um, in like, I don't know, some type of like electrician type of job where he worked with like lights and he gave that up. Really? Like I, said, I picture him as more of an exotic dancer, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good at that, too. Uh, <laughs> John Boy, like I said, worked in the wedding industry as a photographer, videographer. 
I did social media, which is very relative and lends itself to this. But I mean, I hated it at a lot of points because I was working in a corporate setting and I was like anonymous behind the scenes and, and wanted to do other things. You know, we all kind of have taken our skill sets and put them together. And, um, you know, whenever we get back going, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We we don't even like I don't know. We don't even think of it as like oh, no, what do we do now? Like, we had a meeting last week, and it was just like, yo, this is exactly what we're supposed to keep doing until, you know, we get some good news, and I don't know. That that time will come soon enough. Keep chugging along. It's just proof that if that's what you want to do and that's your dream and that's your goal, it can happen. So, yeah, awesome. we want to inspire people. That's, that's, it. that's another thing, too. Like, you guys are doing this podcast. You guys are on Yankees Twitter. You got a good following there. You got listeners that listen to your podcast. Like, it has to start somewhere. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I encourage people to not because there are certain people that I'm like, you shouldn't have a podcast or you shouldn't make a YouTube because you expect it to be given to you. I'm sure you guys know, like, this stuff takes planning. It takes time. You got to produce the podcast. You got to post the podcast. You got to promote the podcast. And it doesn't just come to you. It it all takes time. And uh, if we can inspire other people to, I guess, follow their dreams and um, do what they love, then, you know, that's really what the reward in all of it is. Well, shit, I feel inspired right now. Yeah, I'm going to go run through a wall. <laughs> it's great, you know? If, if I can share my story and John Boy's story and Jake's story and all of us, even Joe's McFly, you know, like Joe's, Joe's McFly is always like, man, I'm just a regular fan. I'm like, yo, you're not. I'm like, you're one of the Yankee fans that, like, everyone knows, dude. I'm like, your moment no one will ever forget and like that moment put you on and you were prepared for it. You had your YouTube going. You started the podcast. You connected. Like I connected with McFly before he went viral just from going to games. And when he went viral, I remember, <laughs> I remember texting him being like, yo, bro, you're about to be on SportsCenter. And I was like, <laughs> that's such a dumb text. <laughs> like I'm watching SportsCenter and it's like coming up. Yankee fan, Joe's McFly, like, goes viral, blah, 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 blah. And I text him, yo, you're probably going to sports city. He's like, I know. Like, I set it up with them. <laughs> that was so wild because that, that home run was a Raphael Devers home run. Yep. We didn't even win that game. Yeah, and I remember saying to him, I was like, you usually do these, like, you know, recaps of you going to the game and these reactions when, like, Gary Sanchez hits a bomb or, you know, a guardy party. Now everyone's going crazy around you in the stadium. I'm like, what made you post the negative one? He's like, I post all of them. I'm like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and if he didn't. Right. And see, now that's another thing. A lot of people think too much about their content and their social media. And, oh, I said this wrong on the podcast or oh, I stuttered in this video. It's nothing's going to be perfect. Nothing's going to go exactly how you want to want it to go. He didn't know his his reaction was going to go viral. Honestly, Red Sox Twitter is what made him go yeah. viral because they absolutely loved it. They loved it. That's what it's all about. Just content. Just put yeah, it all just, out. See what's just create. Be yourself. Do what feels natural to you. Do what you love. And especially now in this quarantine time, find the time to focus on things that you don't get to always focus on when you're going to your job that you don't always get to do when you're commuting. You know, take take the time to really like sit down and and think about what you want. You know, when we come out of this quarantine, the world is going to be changed. Things are going to be different. And you got to really focus in on like what you love, what you want to do. And then go for it. The, the world is changing. This is what it feels like when the world is changing. And when we come out on this other side, like, you know, people are going to be changed. Things are going to be different. So hone in. You know, if this is a three-month period of your life that you can't get back, you, you might as well get the most of it. You might as well start your podcast. You might as well start your videos or at least practice, like, or at least, like, 
you know, do something uh, different. If you want to learn how to speak Spanish, like look up how to like, I don't know, uh, Rosetta Stone, like start it. This is this is a strange time, but there's there's always a silver lining in it. There's always like, you know, a message behind all the madness. And uh, I think the, the smart people will come out better um, and maybe not, you know, the most physically fit or, you know, financially well off. But I think smart people will take this time to to uh, to get something out of it. Um, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's American history. It's, it's world history. We've never really seen this before. I know our generation, we haven't lived through something like this before. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's going to change the world. So anyone listening, think about what you want to be, who you want to be, what you want to be known for, what you love, and, and just take some time to either write it down or Google it. And, uh, you know, when you're sitting at home and you're tired of watching everything on Netflix or, you know, even tomorrow when we're going to be doing baseball stuff, you know, just really think about who you want to be and what you want out of your life. And then when we come out of this pandemic, be prepared to, to chase it and go for it. Wow. I'm I'm super inspired. Usually I go to bed after I podcast, but now I think I have to stay up and do something. <laughs> yeah, just write a page. Write a page. I have notes that I've written and sometimes it's just healthy to say, okay, before I go to sleep, I want to write down what happened today. Or before I go to sleep, I want to write down three goals for tomorrow. Like tomorrow I want to, um, you know, go to the gym, make sure I eat right, and, uh, you know, post as many things I can about the Yankees because it would have been opening day. Like little things like that really do go a long way and help you out. Confirmed. Definitely the most positive person on Yankees Twitter. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that seems, that seems like a good place to end it. Uh, Keith, do you want to have anything you want to mention before we go? Yeah, just opening day online. Um, it's something that came to, uh, to me and then I shared it with the John Boy Media Group. It's hard for us. I mean, we're supposed to be starting a sports media company based around baseball, rooted in baseball, specifically Yankees baseball. And tomorrow was supposed to be like, we had like we had a bunch of things planned, just like everyone else. It was supposed to be our kickoff to say, hey, we're in the Bronx. We're covering the Yankees. We're, we're doing it, and we're not going to get to do that. But what we're going to do is set up some live streams, some chat rooms, uh, some watch-alongs, some threads. Like We're just going to have monster threads of like, hey, post your favorite time at Yankee Stadium. Post your favorite Yankee highlight. Post yourself at an away game. Post yourself with a family member. Like We're just trying to get people to – you know, interact and connect. And uh, we're using the hashtag, hashtag opening day online. And we saw today that MLB came out with hashtag opening day at home, which is great because they're going to do a, I, I think like a bunch of streams of like past games. And you can get these games from Facebook to YouTube to uh, linear television. So it's great. Tomorrow's going to be a full on baseball day, even tonight. We have people in the UK that have started, you know, Hashtag jerseys on, hashtag caps on, wearing their hats, wearing their jerseys. And I think tomorrow is going to be a day that baseball fans are, are going to, you know, probably be sad about what could have been, but then be proud of how many other baseball fans show themselves online through all this madness, through the pandemic. You're going to see so much on your timeline of the Yankees, of other teams, of players. And uh, I think it'll be something to really pick people up and get a break from all of this. So, um, that's all I wanted to end with. We'll see you online, opening day online, John Boy Media. Follow John Boy Media. Uh, you can follow me at Keith McPherson, um, Pinstripe Strong. That's the podcast I do with Joe's McFly. And, uh, yeah, shout out to 203 Bleacher Creatures on Woo! the Bleacher Creature podcast. 
<laughs> yeah, I hope we mended that bridge in this hour. You definitely, you definitely did. I, I hope that I'm the bridge, and then one day when we're all at the stadium, um, we'll figure out a game that you guys are at, and I will literally say, James, Allison, Bleacher Creatures, real Hello. Bleacher Creatures, <laughs> podcast Bleacher Creatures. We're all family. We're all Yankee fans. Uh, it'll all be good then. All right. Thanks for coming on again, man. We'll see you at the stadium. Uh, no doubt. To everyone who's listening, go ahead, give Keith uh, another five stars because I think he definitely earned it for putting up with an hour of us again. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to do it. And I uh, appreciate you guys thinking to have me on again. And whenever you need me, just reach out. And uh, can't wait to see you guys at Yankee Stadium. Awesome. Talk to you later, man. Good. Later. Bye, have a good one, guys.